Hey everybody, it's Ross. Now, we have a fun episode that I'll start in a second, but I wanted to acknowledge the protests that are going on nationwide in the United States. Uh, I wanted to emphasize that Black Lives Matter, and as a white person, I am in a position of privilege. So join me by supporting your local community bail fund, either your local or the national chapter of Black Lives Matter, and while you're at it, the ACLU and Southern Poverty Law Center do great work as well. It says a lot about a society when stay-at-home orders are enforced during civil unrest more than during a pandemic. And today is the first day of Pride Month. The gay rights movement started in 1969 with a Stonewall Inn riot. Back then, people called queer folks like me looters and described them as savages. History cannot repeat, and we cannot turn a blind eye to the injustices we see every day. I'm not perfect, but I won't be silent. Thanks for listening, and here is the episode. Note that we recorded it about a week before these demonstrations began. Enjoy. We're not affiliated with Netflix. Welcome to KidFlix, the podcast where adults try to definitively rank every kid's movie ever made. I'm your host, Ross Wiseman, and this show is not for kids, so turn this off and... Um, my guest today, uh, he's a comedian from Philadelphia. Uh, it's John Riggy. Hey, John. Hi. How are you doing? I'm lovely. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, so today uh, we're talking about uh, the movie Galaxy Quest. So tell me a little bit about your uh, like history, your relation to this movie. I saw this in theaters. Wow. When I, I guess I, I guess I was six. Um, I saw it in this. Th- so I'm from Newtown. Pennsylvania, not Newtown Square. No, the other I, Newtown. Yeah, for people that are in the Pennsylvania region, like I, that is such a very contentious uh, distinction, and I oh, yeah. very much respect it. Yeah, I'm from the colonial Newtown, uh, <laughs> but I saw this in this really small movie theater that they always had a really strange selection, but they always only had one movie, and that was it. I think Wonderful. they filmed. Yeah, I think they filmed part of Signs there, if I'm remembering correctly. Oh, because they filmed hell it. Yeah, they filmed it like in the town and like literally a couple, like maybe a half mile away from where I grew up. But Wait, did you did you ever run into like the M Night Shyamalan crew? Probably not that I remember. Uh, maybe there was like a time where th- they were like in the town and I was near it, but I think I was too young to like understand sure. that that was going on. So I I live not even a mile like I think I live like a little under a mile from like one of the set pieces from the M. Night Shyamalan Apple TV show and like the uh, like right before quarantine started like January or something I was walking around and I just like stumbled onto them in the middle of filming like oh in in Rittenhouse yeah so they they they're they're taking place like in Rittenhouse Square, which if you've seen the movie The Happening, that's where everybody shoots themselves yeah. with the same gun. Um, but like a couple blocks away is this like giant brownstone uh, that they're using as the exterior for like this creepy house where a baby, there's all this yeah. supernatural stuff. I tried to watch that show. I thought it was ridiculous. Oh, I unironically loved that show. It's Yeah, it's- I couldn't get into it, but I did love that they, because I also realized that I had walked past that production every day because I work on 19th and Walnut. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's yes. very So close. I walked by it all the time and didn't realize that that was it until 
I started watching the show and I was like, <laughs> oh, that must have been it. Yeah, I like now with quarantine happening, like part of my daily routine is like, you know, just going for a long walk and every other day or so I'll walk by there and uh, there's beautiful little uh, Easter decorations up right now. Probably not from M. Night Shyamalan, probably from the yeah. family that actually lives there. But yeah, like I, uh, the entire block was blocked off and I even walked by like the star of the show, like the British guy that leads it. He was... He's like the main guy in that Black Mirror episode, Entire History of You, like with the memory. Okay. Yep. So like I've walked by him several times and I was so close to stopping him. But A, I do not know his name. And B, he looked so unhappy. Like I think it's just like <laughs> he's tired because uh, acting is tiring and stuff. And he's just trying to like get in the zone maybe. But like, come on, let, yeah. me, let me talk to you and let me not have to remember your name. Yeah, being a being a star is exhausting. Ugh, it's so exhausting. Uh, I'm reading, yeah, I'm reading like the subtle art of not giving a fuck, and uh, like that's I literally just finished reading that chapter when we started talking of just like yeah, everybody's lives suck, so uh, mm, sucks. Um, but sorry, so we got distracted because I love talking about M Night Shyamalan, and uh, you know what? it's it's Pride Month, so we're both. This is like the most gay discussion of just like going back and forth and talking about things. Um, so- uh, yeah, exactly. So yes, so uh, uh, you were living in Newtown in on yes. like a single screen theater, which like respect. I love those like little independent theaters. Yeah, I can't imagine why they picked this movie to play in 1999 when like they always kind of, they always played like the family friendly movies. They wouldn't have the ones that were directly geared towards kids, but they had like because I wouldn't. It's I would even like hesitate to call this exactly a kid's movie because there are no children in it right like well there's a grown-up child (laughs) well of course and i mean like justin long who i don't know how old he was at the time of this filming this i don't know how old he was this was his first movie oh it was well he's looked the same since this so (laughs) it's hard to say but yeah so I do, looking back, find it kind of strange that this was a movie that they played in that theater versus anything else that would have come out at the same time. But yeah, I saw it in theaters and then I think my parents really liked it. So when it came out, I think we like had it on VHS and then I just watched it like all the time. Yeah, this is this is one that um, I, kn- I know I had seen it before we decided to discuss it, but it's like it had been so long like when I was a kid and saw it, I didn't really understand any of the Star Trek jokes. So this would be one where like I would walk past constantly in Blockbuster and be like, oh yeah, I know what that movie is. And then just keep walking. Yeah. Like I forgot I f- all the stuff about like uh, Saris and all of like the the buggy guys. Yeah, I think I saw it around the same time. Because yeah, if I was six, I probably saw some of the Star Wars movies. Oh, that helps. Around then. And then did I think, did The Phantom Menace come out Phantom Menace that same was, year? Yes. That was, 1999 was a big year. So I must have saw them in the same year and I maybe didn't understand th- the disconnect between the two that one was yeah. like part of a storyline and one was a, a parody in a way. But <laughs> You're like, my favorite Star Wars is Galaxy Quest. Yeah, is the spinoff Galaxy Quest. But actually my favorite Star Wars is the Christmas special from the 70s I, that I no still... one talks about. I haven't seen it still, and it's it's. I it's, like found a rip on YouTube. <laughs> it's life. It's everything that you that it's missing from Star Wars. 
great meaning meaning music and <laughs> uh and like chewy's wife but it's it's insane yes. you have to watch it that that we'll have a separate conversation about that another time i, I definitely need <laughs> but, to watch that also like i mean now like they should make a bb8 holiday special like they i don't know like baby yoda is big right now but i think bb8 they need to do everything with him because i bb8 yeah. is adorable and i love him to death well they need to stop backtracking is the thing like when i heard baby yoda was happening i was like wait a minute no we don't we they can't keep going backwards in time they need to keep just keep the story going i don't think anyone cares at this point yeah and also you already have adorable characters you have ewoks you have porgs you have um other shit i don't know uh i'm not a huge star wars person even though i watched i've seen all of them uh but uh oops um (laughs) but i guess i guess this kind of leads into what one thing i want to talk about because like so you're are are you like a big like sci-fi person like star trek and star wars and all that Yes and no. I think I I liked them a lot when I was a kid. I really liked Star Wars. Um, I think as I got older, I drifted away from like sci-fi and fantasy, unless it was watching something just because it was like really regal or really stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I shift more towards like not even. I don't even want to say like fantasy stuff. That's like uh, like I didn't watch uh, what's it Game called? of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Never seen it. You don't have to. I watched the first episode and the last season, yeah. so I don't. I have no fucking clue. Yeah, I don't like shows that take place outside unless they're competition TV shows. That's <laughs> the only time the TV should go outside. And even then, when they're outside, it's like, what? You think you're better than me? I'm staying inside. Yeah, exactly. And also, even on Game of Thrones, when they're inside, I'm just like, I don't buy it. Yeah, it's a castle. Castles are technically outside. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, they don't have a ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of, I guess, where I uh, end my journey with fantasy. Um, yeah, I get unless it. it's like sci-fi, like uh, what's a Orphan Black? I watched all of that. Oh, I've been meaning to watch that. There's some. Is that, that sci-fi? To watch. Yeah, I'd say it's sci-fi because it's like, uh, it's like, what's clones. going on here? Yeah, maybe that's where I like it because it's clones, but it's also like somehow about family. So like. and those themes always for some reason like work in my mind i'm like oh if it's about family or about respect like i'm gonna watch it for sure yeah i'm i'm kind of a similar way i've never really gotten into fantasy stuff like game of thrones um lord of the rings just because like the the world is so different from ours that like i can't latch on to anything like i'm not like i can't learn any of the words that they use for things that we have like they call like cups like glue bonds or whatever i don't know oh Um, yeah (laughs) but that's always that's always really hard for me and star wars is fine like i i watched the newest trilogy that they just did and i like tried watching the original star wars a while ago and like star wars a new hope is the most boring movie it's so boring i'm sorry it's so they're so boring it's so like at least empire strikes back or whatever you have like carbonite and like people shooting and like more c3po stuff i love c3po he's the best person in star wars but besides bba um but like yeah i there's not i don't get what's going on like i saw yeah i saw all the new ones i saw like solo in theaters with my friends i really liked it and then they were all telling me that it was bad because it wasn't accurate to the character and i was like okay i guess Uh, i hated it then yeah (laughs) i don't care i was 
drinking and eating popcorn, my two favorite activities. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, so, I, and have you ever seen Star Trek? Because I, I don't know if I've seen an episode of the show. Um, I remember seeing it sometimes when I was a kid. They used to play it on TV Land. Oh, of course. Like the, right after uh, the reruns. Yeah, exactly. Or they would do like, it was always a really strange order. They would play things. It'd be like Gilligan's Island and then like randomly Star Trek. They really threw you off there. But I, so I was kind of familiar with Star Trek. I absolutely saw the ones with like Zachary Quinto and yes. whatever that other guy's name is. Um, Chris um, Pine. Yeah. Oh yeah, Chris Pine. I definitely saw those. I love that one guy that unfortunately died that played, uh, I think the character's name was Chekhov. He was like the, he was like oh, a in. In the a new tech Star Trek person, yeah, in the newer ones, he had like a kind of indistinguishable oh. accent. He was so cute, and then yeah, but uh, so that's like that's kind of the extent of my knowledge with uh, Star Trek, which is after watching Galaxy Quest. So I think if anything, I thought it was closer. Upon seeing it, I thought it was closer to the Star Wars realm. Sure. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I think I, I, I don't even think I saw all of the new Star Trek movie. I think I just saw Into Darkness and uh, similar story of how I thought it was good. Then everybody around me told me that it was actually bad. So then I had to not like it anymore. Oh, uh, okay. Which I, that actually kind of, I feel like that kind of summarizes the like message of this movie so much that it's like, Oh yeah. Fucking let people like the things that they like and don't be a dick about it. Yeah, like if I want to go see every single Fast and Furious movie in theaters, how dare you try to stand in my way? Yeah, exactly. Or like if uh, I want to drag my boyfriend to go see the Muppet movie 30th anniversary special in theaters, then so be it. Oh, that's um, amazing. Oh, I did. That was one of our earliest dates, which like I came on very hard. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I like um, I was watching. Uh, like some behind the scenes stuff and like some interviews because the, like this movie galaxy quest got such like a cult following after a couple years of it being out. And so many people were pointing out that this is one of the first movies that kind of like acknowledges like the relationship between like fans and specifically like these different sci-fi properties and shows. And like, it's very, I, I would say that like this movie is super sympathetic to that instead of being like the, like the classic thing of Star Trek where it's like, these people need to get a life fart. Oh yeah. They're not making fun of or like exploiting anyone, but it's funny that you say that this movie has a cult following because that's what it's about. Yes. <laughs> like, which is so crazy that they, they based it off of this series that does have a cult following and then kind of in turn, like, and I, I yeah. doubt they did that intentionally. I, I'm assuming they didn't assume or that they didn't like, go into it saying, oh, well, all the people that latch onto Star Trek are going to go for this and we're going to be the new thing. I think it just probably happened. Yeah, because like um, the when they were creating this movie, so the uh, director and the writer, like they kind of went in writing this almost as like a Star Trek movie of just like, oh, what would happen if somebody, some alien thought the Star Trek movies or shows were real? And like it just became this meta thing. But like apparently they had so much more footage and like this was originally more of like a PG-13 like action drama than like a lighthearted family comedy. And yeah, uh, I'm sure they have so much more footage of cleavage that we didn't get to see. Yeah. Very angry yeah. about that. They pro <laughs> Yeah. They probably, yeah. I just wanted to see more uh, Sigourney Weaver's big naturals flopping around on the, the screen, but uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they actually, must have. 
Weirdly, speaking of Sigourney Weaver's cleavage, um, uh, apparently her line when she's like, oh, they gave me an interview in TV Guide and all they talked about were six paragraphs about like my cleavage and the costume. Appar- yeah. I, I don't know, remember which character or uh, person in Star Trek, but apparently that did happen to like oh, I'm sure. one of the women on Star Trek, which like, of course that's the case. Yeah. Um, but- so that was like a little nod to that actual yeah. thing that happened, not just like a part of that character's uh narrative of being hot was she do you think she was wearing a wig sigourney weaver yeah oh she she definitely was she she was quoted as saying that like when um i put on the blonde wig i i I automatically felt my iq drop and it's like calm down uh also like your character is smart in the movie so like chill out sigourney but also like you're great and we love you um well i mean no one's no one's asking you to be dumber sigourney no (laughs) Uh, let's talk about the cast, though, because this is, like, I, I forgot. All, how... I, all I have notes about is the cast. Amazing. Okay, we can talk for the entire time about the cast. Because yeah. I, I forgot how stacked it was. Like, I, of course, knew, like, Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver, and Alan Rickman were in it. Um, yeah. This movie, like, when I saw this movie as a kid, this was before Tony Shalhoub and Sam Rockwell were on my yeah. radar. Uh, yeah, I realized, once I realized that I was... To- um, was Sam Rockwell. He looks so young in it. Yeah, and that mustache is garbage. Yeah, he looks like shit, but he also, <laughs> like, when he's that age, he... Do you know who Ryan Pinkston is? I don't. Who's Ryan Pinkston? You do know who Ryan Pinkston is. Okay, he I'm looking in... him up right now. Oh, oh. Yeah. Uh... From Spy Kids 3. Yes. And also, Punked. He was the little kid on Punked. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm looking at his photos right now. Holy crap, he has arms. Uh, oh, yeah, he's like three probably and like shredded now. But yeah. he, uh, I like saw Sam Rockwell and I was like, why does he look like the little kid from Punked? Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I'm, I looked at the Wikipedia page and I cannot believe that Missy Pyle wasn't the top build, one of the top build actresses. Yeah, so I actually found out that um, Missy Pyle's character, well, first of all, like, hooray for Missy Pyle. This was also, like, one of her first movies. And yeah. they put her more in the plot because they realized that Sigourney Weaver was, like, the only woman in the movie. Oh, sure. Yeah. So they were like, Missy Pyle, you go to town, you go, like, go blah, blah, blah or whatever you want to do. Yeah, her uh, character had virtually no dialogue, but she was still, like, I thought she was so funny. Yeah, like... I, I like Missy Pyle's kind of like she was like so synonymous with like the 90s and early 2000s that like she's kind of just hanging out now but like I love her and she's great yeah I remember I was really excited because I like when I watched the movie I thought she was such a funny character and looking back I think I just really liked her haircut but yes, she, she, rocked, she rocked that black bowl cut with the blunt bang that those bangs could cut glass I was like all right go off Missy Pyle but then she was in Josie and the Pussycats. Oh, wait, she was? Yeah, she's the bitchy sister of the guy that's, like, their manager. Oh. And she's always trying to, like, insult Josie and the other girls. And she, like, for the life of her, can't come up with an insult. Yes, that's right. Her character is amazing. I forgot about that. Honestly, Josie and the Pussycats is long overdue to be reviewed on this podcast. So maybe you'll have to come back again. I... I could talk about the movie for hours. I made all of my roommates watch it once and they were like, every time I show them a thing where I'm just like, this is why I am the way that I am. And they're all watching it. And one of my roommates specifically, who's a musician and, you know, actually deals with people with like 
managers, recording people, whatever. Mm-hmm. He was just like, this is insane. Yeah. And honestly, like Galaxy Quest and Dressing the Pussycats, pretty similar in that like, like being subversive when being based on the source material. And also like people did not give a shit about it when it came out. Like people liked Galaxy yeah. Quest, but like it took years for it to be like, for people to turn around and go, oh, this is a good movie and a hit and we should all watch Yeah, this. it's really interesting. I also saw that it like at some point was voted like one of within the top 100 movie, like funniest movies of all time. I saw that. I I wouldn't call this like one of the funniest movies of all time though. It's not. And I think that like even seeing it as a kid and like not understanding some of the humor, I maybe thought it was just like, maybe I thought some of the slapstick stuff was funny, but even still there wasn't a lot of it. Yeah. And it, I don't know. It's I also don't give a shit about Tim Allen at all. No, and his character sucked. Yeah, and I know that it's like based off of um William Shatner and like yeah, he he fame got to his head or something, but like I <laughs> this is one of a few Tim Allen movies that we've talked about for the podcast. Like we talked about Christmas with the Cranks a couple months ago and Okay. He was similarly just like unlikable and like he thinks he's so sexy and like it's Tim uh, Allen. You're not sexy. I know. I will say that he did look kind of hot in this movie. Like his body looked right. Well, at, towards the end <laughs> when he's towards the end when he's just wearing like the black t-shirt. I'm like, okay, this looks good. But like yeah. in general, he's he's not like a handsome. No, he's no, he's not very handsome. Um I may have wrote something down about that. Um I really didn't like how we kept calling people old friend. And then he kept touching all of the kids at the convention when they're like when they're supposed to be signing autographs and taking pictures or whatever. Anytime a kid would ask him a question, he would like poke their stomach or like pinch their cheek. And I was like, Tim, your fucking hands off these kids. You freak. Like they're so excited to see you. Don't, don't touch them. Yeah. I got like, maybe that's like a power going to his head thing of just like, Hey, like, Hey old guy, let me tussle your hair. But like, yeah, Uh, I did love the moment too, where he starts, where he's like uh, in the bathroom and there's like some rowdy teens that are like outside of the stall that he's in talking shit on him. That's that's based on something that happened to William Shatner. Oh, really? In like the 60, uh, late 60s, I think, or early 70s, like at a Star Trek convention. Like, oh my God. He overheard people talking about that, like he's, like, he's washed up and that his cast members hate him. Oh, geez. I did not realize that was somewhat rooted in truth. I thought that yeah. was just like, well, okay, that's funny that you say it was based off a real thing because I thought that was a funny movie trope because I was like, oh, this is always what happens with like, a girl in a bathroom well it's totally yeah i was about to say like yeah. what is this mean girls that we're watching right now but yeah no. it's like a girl being shamed for something by her peers like while she's in a stall crying like yeah and i was like oh it's funny that they spun that and put it on tim well, allen for a while this is also wild because like tim allen went to use just like the restroom that everybody at this convention uses and right. like he's the star like they they showed a dressing room earlier there's no yeah. way that there's not a fucking bathroom there yeah he was drunk though i think or they like they didn't make him yes. seem like he wasn't. That that's like a weird thing that keeps popping up in Tim Allen helmed movies is that he's just like he like get puts on this weird thing where he's like a party guy and like you know you're Tim Allen. Yeah, because I don't think he's like uh I don't think he's a good enough actor to seem tortured. And I don't think that he's like yeah, I don't think he's ever been given a role enough that it's like, oh, of course you have a drinking problem or like, of course this is your life because it's right. always just like, his characters are always so silly. It's like, yeah, I guess you could kind of have like problems with substance abuse and we'll just kind of figure it out as we go. Well, he Didn't he used to like deal cocaine? 
I hope so. That's I think awesome. like when he's, I, I'm pretty sure, and I could look this up, but I'm not going to. But I'm pretty sure that like early on his like standup career, he used to be like a big fan of cocaine because it was the '80s, and of course. Um. Yeah, I just pulled it up, and he did, and then he snitched on other dealers. What a little, what a little turd. That's right. Yeah, that's that's, and now he's very successful because he snitched, and he got, uh, he didn't even get a stitch. Nope. He. Uh, oh wait, wait. Yeah, you could go down He's, a rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not going to look into uh, Tim Allen's criminal record uh, not right now. I'll do that in private. Uh, I mean, speaking of criminal, criminally underrated, fucking Alan Rickman in this movie is so great. He's so good. And I didn't realize what I recognized him from until after I watched it. I was like, all right, I'm going to wait to dive into my like IMDb yes excursion after the movie and then i realized that he was uh whoever he was in harry potter he was uh he was severus snape which coincidentally we uh that's the last episode that we oh perfect was talking about him so his i guess arguably his two most famous roles are snape by a mile and then a little bit alexander dane from galaxy quest yeah and i think and then once i realized he was snape i was like wait a minute those are such similar characters yeah, well, the oh, funny thing about this is, like, like this character is, you know, based on, like, um, what's his face from uh, Star Trek The Next Generation? Uh, Picard. Um, Patrick Stewart. Yeah. And yeah. he and Patrick Stewart both were, like, classically trained, Shakespearean. And similarly, like, I mean, Alan Rickman, now he's known as Snape. But, like, he was worried about being typecast as, like, a villain. Uh, same with, like, George Takei. He was uh, kind of typecast as just like that guy. And uh, like he played it well. And like, weirdly enough though, um, so they've talked about uh, like a, a sequel series on Amazon or like some sort of reboot. And uh, it was thought to be like, okay, well, once Alan Rickman untimely passed away, that that would not happen. But apparently, like, it still might be happening. Weird. Like, Tim Allen is like, we are closer than ever. <laughs> but yeah, just, I mean, Alan Rickman is like putting his heart and soul into this because it probably rings a little close to home for him. Yeah, I mean, I think Alan Rickman, like he said, he was probably irritated by being typecast. But now that you say he was like really trained in like Shakespearean acting, I'm like, oh, that's why he seems so good at being this sort of like snide really in a way like subtly flamboyant like yeah he always kind of has his like little remarks and i was i don't know i love that i was just like oh he's just this like like he's just the gay of the group and he is so like irritated with everyone being so irrational yeah uh, and also and also somebody pointed out on imdb and i didn't realize it but it's so funny now that it ma- and it makes sense like throughout the entire movie he always has that like thing on his head like even yeah, never takes it off even that scene where he's like talking to Sigourney Weaver on the phone, he like still has it on. Yeah. I wonder if that was like a part of the original thing where they were just like, either they kind of made a joke about him never wanting to like sit through hair and makeup to like get them to remove it and like do the whole thing. Or if he just like wears it all the time because people won't recognize him without it. That was what I thought. Oh, that's either way. It's kind of sad. It was really sad. Yeah. I mean, I, I am not famous, but like I can imagine that, like his character goes through the entire time of just like people want to say the same thing to him over and over again, and like 
yeah, I, I would go crazy too. Yeah. So like, leave it on. Why not? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but actually that reminds me though, that um, when Jim Carrey was doing the Grinch movie, he like went insane because the makeup for that movie took like five hours to put on. At I'm the very sure. Least. And like, they got it down to two hours by the time the movie was almost over. But like, he he apparently was just going wild because like he had the crazy contacts in his eyes and like i'm sure i talked about it in more detail on the episode that we did about that uh-huh. but like yeah i i can imagine that's just like just keep this on for me all day every day and i'll just like there's no way it's set. comfortable no um, having all of that glued onto your face yeah uh but like i uh, also like there isn't much to talk about with tony shalhoub except that i he's great and I love him in this movie and in general. And he was so like shy and meek and like, well, the whole thing was that he like didn't believe in himself. And I was like, why are they giving this like grown man, this arc of like being so (laughs) self-conscious and then ultimately like looking at Missy Pyle made him figure out like that he could do what his character does, which is, that's all it took. They just looked at, they just looked at each other. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, I get it. I'm, I'm yeah. he's like, Oh, I can figure out this system now. Like all he had to do was like some sort of, like they said that all of the computer systems on the ship were based off of the ones from the TV show. Yeah. So like, um, Tommy played by Daryl Mitchell, like, he's just like, yeah, I, I basically know how to pilot this because it's the exact same shit, which also like speaking of him, I know who he is. Like I've read his Wikipedia. I I don't, I still don't really know how I know him beside this movie. I also looked into him a bit and I couldn't quite place it either. He is in 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah, um, so I guess that's it. Or like he he was on an episode of The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. So maybe, maybe that's it's that. Weirdly yeah. how I know who he is. Yeah. And then the other person who I was obviously so excited to see was um, Enrico... Colantoni, I don't know if that's how you pronounce his last yes. name. Um, so because he... he plays the dad on Veronica Mars. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. So he's like the main, the main alien guys. The ther- he's the main Thermian. Um, yes. Okay, that that clicks. He also was on Monk for an episode or two, so that's fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now I'm just I reading his mind. Wikipedia. Oh, he was also. Oh, okay. I know him as one of the main guys on the show, Just Shoot Me. Oh, I've never seen that. So (laughs) I watched it once in a while as a kid because it was one of those things where like, oh, it's on TV, so I'm going to watch it. And for some reason, I just watched like four episodes the other day because it's on Hulu. And like, I don't know why my parents let me watch it because it's just like David Spade being horny all the time. And then, oh, is, yeah. and then also like every other character being horny all the time. Like it was the very much late nineties. Like we're just going to be horny all the time. Like Wendy Malick is her whole character is like, I like having sex, but like, come on guys. Like yeah. it was bizarre. Um, but yeah, so he's one of the main guys on that show. And what a weird coincidence that we watched that the same week that uh, Galaxy Quest is what That's we're watching. So, yeah. I also loved his character. The way that he talked was so funny. Yeah, apparently he he um just made that a choice on set and the director was just like, yeah, that's great. Everybody is going to now do that. Yeah, the, the, those characters were insane. I love that they all painted them with that sort of like gray tone to them. Yeah. Did you notice that one of them is Rain Wilson? No. 
Yeah, he's 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 like one of the guys that picks up Tim Allen at the beginning and then he just like disappears or dies or something. I'm not really sure. Oh, maybe I did notice that, but if it was just at the beginning, I probably like forgot by the end of it. Yeah. Also, uh, Rain Wilson's movie debut was this movie. Like so many people started in this movie. Corbin Blue I saw he, Corbin Blue in the credits and I was like, where? Yeah, he was he was like the boy on the show within the movie. Which oh. is confusing. That uh, is really confusing. Yeah. Um, but that's wild. Um, I'm looking at my note because I didn't really take that many notes. Like, did you do you have a Galaxy Quest of some kind, like your either show or series or something that you're just like prophetic about like you know all of the characters you've seen all the episodes a bunch of times uh strangers with candy for sure wow yeah i started watching that i was way too young um i think i was like in third grade like third or fourth grade i was in a similar place when i saw that for the first time. i was really young and i obviously didn't understand that it was uh like parody of like dawson's creek and like whatever other like teen dramas were on at the time because i didn't know i didn't know the references no you were just like this is a weird show yeah. with a weird lady but my parents let me watch it because they never curse in the show yeah that's a real it's that's very good, rare that's a good point because i think my parents would be at the same same way like they didn't want something to be like explicit in terms of like sex and stuff but other than yeah. that they were very because they were like we don't want to watch like this shitty kids movie so like you're gonna watch what right. we want. like mrs doubtfire and my big fat greek wedding those are like the two constant rotations in my household because like they're relatively clean but like they're not geared towards kids and you could probably argue a similar thing for galaxy quest that like like you were saying you didn't yeah. really get the references as a kid but like your parents probably were like i remember star trek and exactly like the movie is inoffensive enough like sure Tony Shalhoub fucks Missy Pyle, but like yeah, but like it's all still that. kind of innocent because I also think that they since they knew their audience was going to be people who are like Star Trek followers, yeah, they probably didn't need to make a sort of like romantic storyline because that's like not a part of that realm as far as I know. And if it is, I'm sure it's like more subtle. But uh, totally, yeah. Was this Sigourney Weaver's first time doing like a? comedic well or something good question so um well i mean she was in ghostbusters so i think okay like that kind of preceded it but i think this looking i mean just looking at her um film repertoire like besides ghostbusters yeah she did kind of more uh either thrillers or dramatic stuff like that like obviously alien is yeah was her big thing um which weirdly i found out that when tim allen was like a huge fan of sigourney weaver and so when they started doing this movie he like brought props from alien that he bought somehow and had her sign them like he just oh probably acquired through one of those like yeah oddball things that's so funny uh one of the things i have in my notes and i don't actually know why I wrote this down, but um, Justin Long's character is like a teen, I guess. Brendan? Yeah. One, he looked... There's a shot where he's like... Because he's the person who helps them guide their ship back to the convention center of all places. Yes. And 
so he's like under it and then like the ship flies over him and he falls down and then they have a shot of him like on his face and then he like rises his head up and just has this like flabbergasted look on his face and mm-hmm. i looked at it and i was like he was made for that like that angle like that camera angle it looked so right. I was like anyone else would look like shit if they shot from the ground and from like the chin up but he looked amazing well good for, i'm um, very happy for him yeah also his parents like really didn't give a shit about him in like a charming way they were like oh well at least he's going outside when he said yeah, that he like, had to go help them there wasn't like a thing where like his dad like slaps him in the head and he's like you're never gonna get a girlfriend ever yeah and also his parents had shutters inside their house which i thought was so crazy they had this like big open space and then all of these like all these shutters that were opened up and I was just staring at them. And I was like, was that like a decorative thing? in like, I guess the late nineties that I never saw or like, yeah, I, I did not pick up on that. The one thing that I did pick up on with that in general, I was just like, I can't tell how old Justin Long is supposed to be in this. Like, I can't tell if it's that thing where it's like, he's a teenager or like he's in high school and he's a loser or like he's in college or like a full adult. And he just like still lives at home. Yeah, it was hard to say. He was, okay, I'm doing the math he's now. Also, he was 22. He's also oh, okay. He's also friends with like a nine-year-old in the movie. Yeah, I guess, yeah, because they showed him with his friends who were also kind of like, you couldn't figure out their ages. But yeah, yeah I also thought age. that too. I was like, oh, is he supposed to be like a young adult who's just like living at home or is he supposed to be like a nerdy teen? Mm-hmm. And then just like... This is fun. They, uh, Justin Long and and Missy Pyle were in dodgeball together. Which is, I loved, I think throughout my childhood, anytime Missy Pyle would kind of be sprinkled into something, I would freak out because I thought she was like, so cool. And well, I, still, like, do. I still think Trap, she's so cool. Parent Trap, she was such a badass. And like, we wa- I watched that like a year ago for this podcast and like, she rules in it and she's so cartoonishly evil. And if you follow her on Twitter, she just owns it. She like, I think her bi- her bio is like like ruiner of your childhood or something like that. And oh my god! Yeah, she's awesome. She's Actually, so is is that her in Parent Trap? Yeah, I always that's think her. that it isn't. Yeah, yeah I guess it is. For like a decade, was just like different evil stepmoms. Yeah, yeah. What was that character's name? Uh, oh my god, I could not tell you. It was not Jenna. I don't know why I said Jenna, but like. It, it is something like that, but I, yeah, because there's someone else in the movie that I used to, like, mix it up and also think it was uh, oh, Missy oh, Pyle. Oh, but, wait. Oh, no. It wasn't Missy Pyle. It's Elaine Hendricks. Yeah, that's, I remember that's, also thinking, okay. though, when I was younger that it was Missy Pyle, too, and I was like, oh, of course it is, and they put, like, the lizard and the Evian or whatever, yeah. and that's, like, her character's whole thing. She was Meredith in The Parent Trap. Okay, so. Yeah. Retcon. But I also thought that when I, I thought that until maybe five years ago, I was like, no, that's absolutely Missy Pyle. Yeah, retcon what we just said. I okay, I've been conflating Elaine Hendricks and Missy Pyle, probably like a lot of people by accident. But yeah, Elaine no, Hendricks, exactly. we love you separately. Uh, Missy Pyle, we also love you separately. Yeah, Missy Pyle is so good. I also I don't think she got enough credit for how good she was uh, at performing in not like prosthetics, but just in totally insane costumes because her character in dodgeball is also like yeah yeah right she's like supposed to be like on steroids or something she like has a doesn't she have facial hair she has has facial hair because like there's like a joke about like doping in dodgeball i think oh yeah 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 so something like that um which i i've been meaning to revisit dodgeball i wonder if it holds up at all or if it's just like garbage 
I watched it a couple, I want to say maybe within the past like three years. And I don't think I realized when I was younger how funny Ben Stiller's character is. Yeah, I, well, I, for years I only knew Ben Stiller as the guy from uh, like Meet the Parents. And then like finding yeah. as I've gotten older that he like has like this really like indie, uh, like alt comedy background and all this stuff. And I'm just like, oh, I, I've been wrong this whole time. Yeah, I I think he's he's nuts. I love that there are no I think in that movie there are no shots of him and Vince Vaughn in the same frame. Oh, <laughs> because there's such an insane height difference. Uh, that that checks out. Yeah, cuz Vince Vaughn is like 6'4", he's he's tall. Yeah. And I I'm sure that I don't know how tall Ben Stiller is. He's probably like 5'8". Like that, yeah. he get, he has big five eight energy. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, he's five seven. Okay. Wow. Oh my god. Yeah. I yeah. cool. I'm almost as tall as Ben Stiller. Um, <laughs> I also used to have uh, like I bought it at five below when I was a kid, but they had like an average Joe's gymnasium T-shirt, and I wore that in oh, gym class cool. all the time. And I felt oh, I felt so cool. That used to be um, my a couple thing. Of years ago. I realized that their uh, their jerseys look like bottles of poppers. <laughs> oh my god i, I remember like, yeah i remember noticing that and i was like interesting approach to this but cool i'm definitely rewatching dodgeball then <laughs> yeah also i uh and this would maybe relate back to more like kids movie stuff i do like that uh ben stiller's character in this in dodgeball was also pretty much his character in heavyweights yeah exactly yes i think they were the same thing i think we brought that up on the heavyweights episode that we i mean that was like two and a half years ago oh, but thank like, god you did ha- that movie is so good yeah that's a movie that i was frustrated that i had seen as an adult and missed as a kid because like i think i saw the the like the poster of just like kids holding a sandwich with ben stiller in it and i was like that yeah. looks stupid and yeah. watching it i was like oh i would have gotten so much out of that movie well, yeah, because I think the, and maybe you could kind of say the same thing about Galaxy Quest, but I think with Heavyweights, it really looked like it was geared towards, like, boys. Like, because all those kids' movies that were about sports, all the Air Bud movies, like, there was nothing about them that was just, like, about boys being, like, little sports kids, and, obviously, and like, I could never relate to that. But then I think seeing Heavyweights, and I was like, oh, these are boys that are, like, in a way, like, not outcasts, but they're not like they're going to this specific camp because they don't fit in with the other kids. And then and like they're all cool the in their circle too, which exactly. I love. Yeah. And then all, all of the people that like worked at the camp were like like that other guy who was just like super hot and like super buff. You'd have to specify which one. <laughs> I don't remember his name, but I think because like there were the two guys that ran the camp that were both like I guess they were both campers at some point. Yeah. Well that's all and then the that's one came back with... and he was like super cut. Yeah, that's like a weird trope with like uh, like camp movies, especially that like there's always like the two guys that's like, yeah, I've been here for uh, 19 summers and uh, I always love it. Oh, it was um, Paul Feig was was the one counselor. Oh, really? Yeah, I recognize that name. I don't know what else I would know. You him know, from. you like when you see him, you'll I'm you'll sure be like, I would. oh yeah, Paul Feig, <laughs> everyone's favorite Paul Feig. Um, oh but yeah, yeah. yeah um, so. John, do you have any final thoughts about uh, Galaxy Quest before we kind of go into rating it? I think people should watch it if they don't know what to do with their hair. There were really good haircuts for what were the what were like the the people that were on that were from the alien planet that oh, lived on um, the ship, like the Halari or whatever. Yeah, they were. Called. They all had amazing haircuts. The uh, Th- Thermian, excuse me. 
yeah the thermians all had really sick haircuts all the there were like you know all the girls had really nice bobs or like really short hair like all really blunt bangs the guys like had very, some cool very like practical Caesar haircuts. haircuts really practical haircuts that i think a lot of people could achieve if they're also uh longing for a haircut yeah i was gonna say that like easiest quarantine haircut besides just doing the alan rickman thing and just putting something over your hair and that's pretending. also people are ruling out prosthetics right now and i think that they should be more open to that i agree um but uh now is the part of the podcast where we rate everything on a scale from zero to five you can be as uh specific and like minute with decimal places and things as you'd like uh so john i'll, I'll hand it over to you what what would you give galaxy quest okay on one to five, I mm, production considered, I'm gonna say it's like in the between a three and a four. Casting mm-hmm. is putting it at four. <laughs> Just the cast in general, I'm gonna say I'll give it like a three point seven five. We'll give it, we'll give, we'll give it that because it's it's watchable. It's not the most like captivating thing, but like it's watchable. It's not too it's not too kiddish but it's not too like serious without a reason totally um personally i'm going a little bit higher i'm giving it a 4.1 just because like i i was very like pleasantly surprised by this movie like it's it's not amazing but like the yeah like you said the cast is really great I think like everything comes together in the end really nicely. And like, if you just ignore the first act where Tim Allen is just playing like a party dude and I don't buy it at all, um, yeah. then it, it's pretty good. Um, but crunching the numbers, uh, we're giving Galaxy Quest a collective uh, 3.925. Which Wait, I, have to, I have to take back what I said. I have to give it a four because there, there was gay at the end. There was gay at the end? There was gay at the end when Tony Shalhoub and Missy Pyle like do the thing that they do in all movies where they hold hands and then everyone else is like <gasps> and they're excited about it the guy that in my mind is keith mars who's uh the head of the alien people math mathazar is his name oh yes he and one of the other guys like they like hold hands and then the other people like look at them and smile oh oh my god you're right i forgot wow. i forgot i wrote that down i literally wrote down gay at the end what a um, way to usher in pride month with i with know the subtlest gay reference possible yeah. for two characters that are in almost the entire movie who have absolutely no relationship until the very end they touch hands <laughs> well that changes everything then because that it actually does. jumps up uh, a couple places in our rankings that was ori- originally yeah. galaxy quest was next to harry potter like oh. wild but now it has jumped up. We are now giving Galaxy Quest a score of 4.05, which puts yeah. it right above Home Alone and right below Whoa. the educational Disney short Donald in Math Magic Land. So, uh, what weird. is that? Um, it's uh, it was like one of those educational shorts that Disney produced in like the 70s, where it was like teaching. It was Donald Duck learning about uh, like Pythagoras. Um, what? So, uh, unfortunately, Galaxy Quest isn't as good <laughs> as Is Donald that? learning about math. Um, yeah, oh, look geez. it up. Look it up afterwards. You'll you'll have a great time. Um, but yeah, so Galaxy Quest pretty pretty up there. I would definitely put it right around Home Alone in terms of like it's good, it's fun, it's watchable. Maybe not super memorable in a couple yeah. weeks, um, but yeah, that that is 
thank first of all, thank John. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. It was a blast. Um, is there anything that you would like to plug or point people towards? Um, I'm going to say stay tuned because I'm absolutely going to demand that I come back to talk about Josie and the Pussycats. Yes, 100%. Do, uh, um, do you have like a Twitter or social media that people can follow you on? I do. I have Instagram and that is uh, at Beef Tips Diane, one word. And then my Twitter is at Finish, also one word. Damn. Respect. That's it. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, wherever you get this podcast, if you can rate and review us, it definitely helps us out a lot. And, uh, you know, stay safe and all that shit. But that is all for today. We will hear you in a fortnight. Happy Pride Month, bitches. And go, go, Gadget and show.